We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. So guys, a long time ago, I don't know who, someone told me that peanut butter was a brain food. So if you were to go to my house right now, on my kitchen counter, you'd find a half-empty peanut butter jar. You think it'll help? I'm kidding. I just use that as an excuse to eat peanut butter. The Lord's good, guys. The Lord's good. Let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read from verses 41 to uh, 48. hope to cover just uh, primarily verses uh, 43 through 48, but uh, just to have some background. And if it does sound familiar, it is. Manny went through Luke chapter 8 about six months ago. So it has been six months. Everybody find it? Did I ask you guys how you were? How are you? Good? Better? Okay, let's read. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman, having a flow of blood for twelve years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately... Her flow of blood stopped, and Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me. I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Amen. During his prayer, uh, Joey mentioned something. He said he hoped that the, the Lord would capture our hearts and our attention. And actually, when Manny asked me today to do today's study, by the way, I could never say no to Manny. I don't know why. Um, I said, so what should I teach on? He just said, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. And this is exactly what Joy was talking about. This is something that captures my heart. Just the, 
tenderness involved. Obviously, the power involved. But the sensitivity of our great Lord and God. The sensitivity. All that power and all that sensitivity. So, um, Jesus has come back from, I believe he was on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, and he's coming back over to the western side, and there's a crowd of people waiting for him. And um, these people throng him. They just come about him, and they practically crush him. You guys can get an idea, to get an idea of what the word throng means, have you guys ever been to Dodger Stadium or to a baseball game or football game? You're going as a crowd, and I mean, you take one half a step, and people are in front of you, and people are around you. That's what I imagined that the author Luke was trying to tell us. He was just enveloped by people. And uh, Jairus comes before him and throws himself at, at Jesus' feet. And this is kind of remarkable, kind of significant, because Jairus was uh, a leader of the synagogue. And the leader of the synagogue wasn't, a, wasn't used to throwing himself at the feet of an itinerant preacher. You guys know what an itinerant preacher is? Just a preacher that travels from church to church, from locale to locale, preaching the gospel. And that's what they thought of him as. But during this time, he just throws himself at his feet and he says, I have a 12-year-old daughter and she needs your touch. So Jesus has a miracle in mind as he walks on. And he's interrupted during his walk. The people around him, they just... uh, I mean, it's just probably chaos, chaotic. And I, I, I stop and wonder, what, what did these people want? They had seen his, his uh, reputation. They had heard of his reputation for being a great teacher and a miracle worker. They saw power in him. But did they know him as God? I don't know. Um, did they touch him out of curiosity? They, did they touch him to get to know him? Were they in need of his touch? Obviously, yes, we all are. But did they touch him for the right reasons? And that's what I think is so remarkable about this passage. Just imagine yourselves, guys. It's, it's obvious. Jesus is God. He is powerful. If you have any doubts about that, read Philippians chapter 2. Read John chapter 1, John chapter 14, Isaiah 7. If you have any doubts about the deity of Christ, just read those passages. And it's just so obvious and overwhelmingly easy to figure out that this man has power. Okay? He has the power. So they're all following him. But what's so remarkable is his sensitivity, his attentiveness to one crying heart, to one woman. Okay, um, we don't know that much about this woman. Okay, we know that she had a sickness. She was hemorrhaging. She was constantly losing blood for 12 years. Okay, that tells me also, if you go to Leviticus, I think it's chapter, I forget now if it's 15 or 19, it talks about the uncleanness that a woman like that um, 
supposedly had. You weren't even supposed to be in the same vicinity of that woman, and if you were, you need to do some ceremonial washing. So she's sickly, she's feeble, she's poor because it says that she used all her livelihood to try and get rid of this sickness or this disease. Uh, but nothing, nothing worked. So I believe she's to the point where she is um, desperate. Totally, totally desperate. Um, she's beyond her wit's end. She is depressed. And Joey also mentioned, I thought he was going to give the whole study. She is just oppressed, depressed, sad, beyond herself, desperate, um, in a dark place. She is an outcast in her own society. But you know what? There was still, still, I think, in her, uh, an ounce of pride. That same ounce that, that holds us back. That holds us back from what? From truly seeking Christ. Because she didn't confront him head on and say, I need you. She came from behind. And if, if we stop and think about it, um, the way she approached him, she had to go through a crowd of people. She had to fight to get in there. It wasn't a simple thing. She was desperate. She wanted something. She wanted something. And uh, she gets it. Just bear this in mind. She had to do what we needed to do before we come before Christ. We have to figure out that on our own, we can't handle it. Our finances won't do it. Our intelligence won't do it. Our connections won't do it. It's just not, not possible. We need to seek Him. And she came to that point in life. We need to seek Him, and she knew it. So this is the amazing part. This is the amazing part. I mean, there's a throng of people all seeking something. Their own agenda, probably. They wanted something. She needed something. Okay. Why do we come to Christ? To get what we want or to get what we need? Once we get what we need, we need to give. Give Him the honor and the glory. Give Him the worship. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm digressing. Um, the amazing part, the amazing part, she touches him. But you know what she had to do? Think about it. What, what do you think his robe was like? I think it was a pullover with maybe some sleeves. And it says that they, he touched, she touched the edge of his garment, the, the, the hem in another version. Where's the, where's the hem on a dress or on a robe? The bottom. We need to bottom out. She bottomed out. She bowed down to touch that. 
in the same way that Jairus did. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Do we throw ourselves at Jesus' feet or do we come by and say, oh, this is what I have to offer. We have absolutely nothing to offer him. We need everything from him. I had refrained from saying amen, but amen. You guys know my background. I use that word. I overuse it. God is good, guys. Let's continue reading. So with Jesus, so it was then, okay, let's go to verse 43. I'll start over again. But as he went, the multitude thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. This is a cool verse. And Jesus said, Who touched me? You think he knew? He knew. I could go as far as to say, I think, this is my opinion. Okay, I'm not a theologian. I think he was looking at her when, she, when he said that. I think he was looking right at her. He knew who touched him. And, and check out Petey. I mean, Brother Peter here. Says, when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you, and you say, Who touched me? What's up with that, Jesus? Jesus, come on. Get hold of yourself. <laughs> Could you imagine talking to Jesus in that attitude? Peter. And I'm and I'm thinking, you know, Jesus is looking at him and saying, Petey, wake up. Did you forget who I was? I'm, I'm, I'm inventing things. That's not doctrine, guys. Um, I, just, I just think, we often forget who we're talking to. But Lord, what, what's that? But you don't know. You don't know. Does he know or doesn't he know? When we come to him, you say, Lord, you know I need your help. Lord, you know that without you I'm nothing. Lord, you know my family is going astray without you. He knows. And it's funny. Peter, for some reason, <laughs> he's a funny guy. Totally funny guy. When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Power coming out from him. He perceived it. Why did he perceive it from one certain person? That's who God is. He knows where Andrew is. He knows where Adrian is. He knows where Kyle is. He knows where we all are in our lives. There's no surprises. And he knows when we come to him, not with sacrifices. Because David, King David, learned that quick. He says, you know, I, I've learned, Lord, that it's not sacrifices that please you. It's a humble and contrite heart. In Psalm 51, 17, it's, it's a contrite heart. It's a repentant heart. It's a broken heart before you. 
That's what comes up before your presence. Everything else is just show. So when he felt that woman's touch, he knew, he already knew, the type of heart that was within her. She was seeking help. She was seeking help. How many of you guys are seeking help? How many of you are saved? We should still seek help. And those who aren't saved, come to him. In the same way this woman did, with a broken heart, understanding that you can't fix your mess. You can't fix your mess. Only God can do it. But some, but Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now this is cool. This is what makes me think that he was looking at her the whole time. He says, now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. How is it that she wasn't hidden if she was amongst a crowd? I'm still convinced that Jesus was looking right at her. He looks right at us. He'll look into this small crowd of people and he'll know exactly, exactly, exactly who is searching for him. He's not looking to see who the good people are. He's looking to see who's looking for him. And she falls trembling before him. Do we fall trembling before God? Do we need him or don't we? Come before him in trembling, in reverence. He is worthy of that. But he is so, so good. So, so good. When she saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling. And falling down before him, she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Have any of you been healed? Yeah? Have we declared before people how the Lord has healed us? Have we given testimony? That's the first step in evangelizing. You don't have to be up here to evangelize. You guys are going to go out on Saturday. Just tell people, man, this is what the Lord does. The Lord is good and I love him because he loves me. Simple message. Simple message. God is good. She declared to him in the presence of who? Of all the people. She didn't, she didn't come over to the sense and say, you know what? Hey, Jesus, come here. i got to tell you something. She proclaimed it in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Beautiful verse, guys. And he said to her, Daughter, 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 did he know her? 
other than in the the God to servant way? Had he had fellowship with her? What does that tell you right there? Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What did she do to deserve to be called daughter? The answer is absolutely nothing. Did you guys do anything to be called children of God? A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of, of sharing with the kids First John 3, 1. It says, what manner of love is this? We should be called children of God, sons and daughters of God, sons of God. She believed. What does it say on the back of our Calvary Chapel t-shirts? By faith alone? Man, the sooner we figure out that we have nothing to do with it, the sooner we're going to live humble, grateful lives. Man, could you imagine the author, the creator of the universe, sitting down in front of you and saying, Son, Mijo. Oh my God, that word, Mijo. I wish you were all Hispanic so you could understand the significance of that. I, I, I texted my bros the other day. I, it's been a, a, probably a month and a half or so, but I was just in my truck listening to the song that uh, actually Erlen just sang for by third day. And I, go, I just go, Abba, Father. And to my not surprise, not amazement, but to my just absolute wonder, I felt in that moment him call me Mijo. Could you imagine being God's presence, having your whole I was driving, so my whole pickup was filled with this presence of God's love. And that's open to all of us. She just learned that. Daughter? What happened? What did I do? You know what? Don't worry about it. She, he loves you. He loves all of us. It's an amazing thing that a God that's got the charge of the universe, who sets everything in motion and keeps everything where it's supposed to be, has the sensitivity to know when we're looking for him truthfully, when we really need him. Talk about grace. Talk about not deserving something. So it's just, if we need him, if you need him, reach out towards him. Touch him. It's unbelievable. Totally and just awesomely unbelievable. Share this. Share this with as many people as you can. It's a hard place we live in nowadays. But man, what God's love can do. Reach out.
20 hours of study for 20 minutes of speaking. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being so amazing, Father. Being so good. You deserve all the honor and all the glory, Father. Thank you. Father, I just... uh, I reach out to the people, Father, and I ask that you touch their lives, Father. You know, if there's anyone that uh, needs prayer, why don't you guys come on up? I'm going to ask Henry and, and MJ and the guys to come up and maybe pray for you. Um, yeah, feel free to come up and pray, guys. God is good, guys. Joey, can you help us pray, please? Dear Father, we come before you, Father, just humbly, Father, with contrite hearts, just searching for you, Father, knowing that we're needy, knowing that we're weak, but having that hope, Father, that hope in you, that living hope, Father, that hope that can't be extinguished, it can't be vanquished, Father, because it's 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 depending on you, not ourselves, Father. It's not an if hope, it's just a when hope, Father. When we're ready, when you're ready, Father. Just, Father, I ask that you touch people's lives. There are all kinds of needs, all kinds of hurts, Father, and uh, we just need so much from you. We want to be able to come before you, Father, as this woman did, Father, just being able to declare what you've done in our lives and just confess before the whole world your greatness, your power, and your love, Father. Father, I just ask that you break hearts, work on people's hearts, Father. Those of us who need salvation should come forth. Those of us who need to just be strengthened should be coming forth. Father, just ask, Father, that you, uh, your Holy Spirit, Father, just come upon this place and and just uh, do your will, Father. Do your will, Father. Thank you, Father. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.